In this country, a black man only have like five years we can exhibit maximum strength. And that's right now why you a teenager, why you still strong, why you still want to lift weights, why you still want to shoot back. Because once you turn 30, it's like they take the heart and soul out of a black man in this country. And you don't want to fight no more. And if you don't believe me, you can look around. You don't see no loudmouth 30-year-old motherfuckers. I wanted to read one last thing to you. It says, the caterpillar is a prisoner to the streets that conceived it. Its only job is to eat or consume everything around it in order to protect itself from this mad city. One thing you notice is how much the world shuns them, but praises the butterfly. The butterfly represents the talent, the thoughtfulness, and the beauty within the caterpillar. But having a harsh outlook on life, the caterpillar sees the butterfly as weak and figures out a way to pimp it to his own benefits. You are now tuned in to the hunger for more. Now tuned in into none other than the hunger for more. Hunger for more. Hunger for more. With B. Will, yo, yo, yo. he's in. Yo, what's good? And Josh, Ew. this is the hunger for more. more, more, more. The Hunger for More, to Pimp a Lion Part 1. Welcome back to The Hunger for More, Episode 104, To Pimp a Lion. Always love being able to share updates with y'all. We got to figure out what our name is for all of our followers and supporters. But um, it's been really cool for us to see uh, y'all rock with us. We've, uh, you know, reached Eclipse 500 views, downloads on both Spotify and Apple combined. Uh, we had 30 followers um, on Spotify and Apple combined. And uh, we just appreciate the love and support, you know. Let's try to double that up. But um, regardless, man, y'all have become our tribe. We got to figure out a name. But with that said, speaking of tribe, to pimp a lion, that's the topic for this episode. This idea really sparked from, uh, obviously, Kendrick's Grammy award-winning classic, to pimp a butterfly. And the concept of that is... You know, something beautiful as a butterfly being pimped by uh, society, by family, friends, um, corporate America, those around it, social uh, acceptance, whatever it may be. There's so many different vices and things that could um, take an individual down. We just looked at it through the lens of what about a lion, right? What about someone that's confident, someone that's strong, someone that is representative of, you know, majesty and royalty and supposed to be fearless but even yet and still we have many lions in zoos many lions get killed for hunting purposes for individuals to feel as if they are you know more powerful than the king of the jungle um and so we decided to look at that through our lens our special lens of you know being black men in america um, being black men in corporate america being black men in general but i feel like it is a uniting theme for all of us anybody that is you know confident and talented or been taken advantage of or feel as if you've been taken advantage of in situations regardless of what vertical they fall in life this episode is for you um i know i mentioned it a couple times in a couple past episodes um well gorilla this alternate uh being that i had to create um in order to play collegiate football and you know, do the things that I was asked to do at that level. I, I couldn't do it as myself. I had to tap into something else. And um, I feel like, you know, it's a special thing um, to be able to understand and acknowledge that side of you, but still be able to um, uh, function and 
uh, you know, uh, I wanted to give T and Jess a nickname. I always ask them, like, what do you do when you lift? And then how do you change your mindset and get into beast mode, quote unquote? Um, so T, I came up with Zenum. T Zensley, TZ, Zenum. I think that's a dope one. You know, for Jess, I got Joe Black, just like Mighty Joe Young. But also, you know, I know Jess's nickname growing up was Black. So so when it's time to transform, I want y'all to be Zenim and Joe Black. Anyway, y'all chime in, man. Yeah, dude. Um, appreciate that intro. Um, for the listeners out there, again, we want to say thank you so much for the support, continued support. We're on this journey and we, we, we love the fact that you joined in with us. The album, Dependent Butterfly crazy part is folks have to understand this has been added also to the library registry he got poet laureate i mean this album is heavy on a thousand and one levels conversation about calling this episode the pimple line which we've been talking about for months to be very honest with you family we were dying to talk about this one i know anyone on this can relate especially young men of color young women of color but there's an extension that's happening. There was happening. And if you want to get as far as you want to get with it, we could say the same thing without about folks of color. Um, not necessarily in regards to our actual numbers numbers, although it does feel that way. But you could talk about us in regards to the corporate space, which all three of us have been involved in um, socially. Um, the list goes on. So, yo, this is beautiful, man. And as for the name Joe Black, um, I can call it, you can call it Just Black. You can call me Black, um, J Black. I've been called also. They don't call you Black regardless. Yeah, what you mean. true, true. They can call me that. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but when I was younger, man, that was that was a thing. They just called me Black, and I I, I loved it. Um, um, it was it was actually cool because I was being seen. Feel me? Which is yep. a whole another conversation. So yeah, awesome intro, B. T. Yeah, for real. Um, just excited about the fourth episode. Um, we got a saying that we use brick by brick. So, you know, hopefully this is the fourth brick uh, of our soon-to-be castle, hopefully. And um just want to extend a thanks to all the listeners who have been hitting me up via text, Instagram, you know, um, just showing the support and, and, the, and that they're listening and that they love the uh, the message. We're just going to keep going. Um, you know, this episode coming up about the Lions, about pride and about you know, integrity. It's just, it's just it, t- it taps into a lot of, of what, who I hold myself to be. So I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, to jump in. Let's get it. We really concepted around what if we told this journey of a lion through the five parts or five part evolution process, right? So part one of this process is, is pride. Now, for those that don't know, pride is, you know, what the family unit or um, the central um grouping of of lions is called but um as we talked about it it was kind of like man there's so many things that are relatable to you know the human experience right you're taught how to hunt you're taught how to be you you're taught how to uh the inner workings of a family but at the same time um there's things that you're gonna go out and learn from society right there's things you gotta omit there's things that you gotta take as your own being like all right when i get out or when i step out um, from this circle, who am I without this pride? But once it reaches a certain age... While females stay in their pride for life, all male lions must eventually leave their family. By around three years old, 
That time has almost come for the misfit and his brother. They'll split from the pride in a few months with each other for support. They'll roam the savannah for several years until big enough to take over a pride and father cubs. The bachelor years as nomads will be tough. And if the misfit is to survive, he needs to perfect his hunting skills now. It's not that much different than, than the human, you know, aspect and journey, right? They, they're surrounded by cousins and brothers and sisters all within this one pride. But as one grows, maybe one, one has a bigger mate, a darker mate, which has significance and prides and stuff. But also, maybe one gets kicked out. Maybe you get kicked out. And somewhere down the line, in order to get your pride back or to build your own pride, you may have to take out your own, you know, pride family member. In a lion's ecosystem, there's always a point where you got to step out on your own. And I feel like that's so eerily reminiscent to our journey, whether it's going to college or moving away from home. Like who you learn yourself to be when you step away from your pride is probably some of the most valuable lessons you'll learn uh, in the human being and in the lion's uh, journey. One thing that, that I kept taking from that is, 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 yeah, it's, I keep, I keep drawing parallels to from the lions to obviously humans but on uh, honestly for me it's really similar to to black culture and the structure of the black family as well and i mean me included you know growing up fatherless it really shows the importance of having that dominant strong male leader um and that's just natural in obviously the the lion kingdom having the pride and you may have to go against them at some time. You may have to you may have to leave. Just like you said, Brian. Like it's 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 an interesting dynamic with family being such a tight knit group, but at the same time, in certain instances you may have to break off. So um that nature, you know, tie really, really connects, I think, obviously humans, but like I said, on a deeper level, sometimes it's the black community and the black family as well. There's always this like comparison between human beings, especially black folks and animals and stuff like that. Um this is like cultural thing that always gets kind of labeled with us in regards to being beast-like, whatever we may be. But in, in my learnings and teachings and stuff, we are animals in ourselves. Um, we have our own instincts, the way we operate. Sure, we have a higher intellectual level, but let's not, be, let's not get it twisted. There are things that we still don't understand about the top leaders and top, if you will, predators out there that have an ecosystem, a way of working, growing each other's families this and there that we're still trying to figure out so to that end man Tyler you hit the nail on the head bro because and B you, you talked you touched on it for a sec but when it comes to a family dynamic and how it's structured um there is a space in which I think we all can agree on we got a situation where it's us three as as a group as we are and after this record all that stuff we go off individually and do what we gotta do we got our girlfriends or wives or whatever it may be and we gotta hold things down um and i can relate that back even when i was younger here's my dad and here's the nuclear family if you want to call it that and the way things are structured and who talked to who and what way um 
I don't know if this is a cross assumption or a really big assumption, but when it comes to folks of color, yeah, you can go for a little bit. Yeah. But you will be coming back. And you will be figuring this out and holding down the family, like it or not. Right? And there's that unsaid pressure that we have to deal with. Or again, with us being who we are as human beings, there's something in the back of our minds where we're like, yo, we got to hold things down. Either on an intellectual level, picking up the phone call just to talk to moms or dad in their situation to help them out. Where, again, I don't know if it's a great assumption, but there's a conversation I've had with my white counterparts where there's not that, not, there's not that pressure. They're told to leave the house 16, 17, 18 years old. It's like, go go off and do what you got to do. And if you want to come back and help us out, great. But it's that, there's a very interesting dynamic that I, I know definitely deal with, the pressures that I definitely deal with, where I have to still hold yeah. it down. My nuclear family, friendship family, that clique, and also that my you know family family. So it, it's deep, man. Multiple levels and layers and stuff, yeah. A lot of families that be like, yo, when you're 18, you're going to get out of my house. You're gonna, I don't care what you got to do. That's like that line getting kicked out of the pride. Like, he may not, he or she or they or them may not even be ready to, like, go out. But now it's like, damn, I got to really go figure this out on my own. Yeah. And I've heard of other instances where, you know, people like, yo, yeah, I didn't have no pressure to get out the crib. I was able to stack, you know, 50, 60K, moved right into a, and it's like, damn. But again, that shows the dichotomy between, you know, the family structures. But one thing that really chimed out to me, lions are naturally built to work together. Mm-hmm. Like they're naturally work best when they're together. Mm-hmm. You think about the the thing that we face in, a, in our culture of black men being arrested and jailed at a higher rate. And if we're naturally to work together um, and we naturally work best together and we missing, like T mentioned, that head of the head of the pride. Man, it's it's a disadvantage in more ways than we can even account for. Be a whole different situation. And not only that, but just like Africa as a continent, right? Like they're getting exploited and, you know, tens of other countries are going in there. And if they were unified, it'd be the, you know, some of those countries would be the most powerful countries because of the natural resources and stuff like that. So we can learn a lot from lions and the pride dynamic because a lot of our families is broken. And that's not even black folks, just Americans and humans in general. Lions may be top of the food chain, but even they are sometimes vulnerable. From protective giants and from their own kind. The river is the barrier to the misfits' future success. On the opposite West Bank, prey is plentiful but it's enemy territory, controlled by three battle-hardened brothers. The punks. They'd attack any young male lion that's not of their own lineage. So the misfit and other young members of the Insefu pride would be in mortal danger. But hunger has made the decision for them. they'll have to run the gauntlet of one of Africa's most indiscriminate killers. The Nile Crocodile. They've evolved to efficiently slay anything that strays into their path. A young lion like the misfit is an easy target. Um, 
So talking about the pride and talking about linking up, there's a space in which I was solo, right? I showed up to the job. I did the resume, boom, bang, everything like that. My background spoke for itself. Where I came from, landed at this company in the Bay Area. Now, the amazing part is I knew how to handle myself in my, by myself. I was in the Bay Area where, again, the running joke is three percenters, right? We, we, the black folks there call themselves three percent. Um, it was kind of exemplified when Beyonce came and, and did her 50th, you know, the uh, halftime show for the Super Bowl. My point is, me walking the hallways of this uh, this camera company, I was running by myself, if you will, right? I had a, yeah, I was part of a team, but I stood out because it was very bro culture. <laughs> so my point is, is that here's a situation where I'm at this company and I gravitated towards this brother, B. Um, he just stood out. I'm walking the hallways. I saw him there and I was like, yo, that's crazy. Let me walk up to this dude and let me just check for this dude. And lo and behold, be seven, eight years later, here we are. But my point is in saying this is that that other lion, if you will, I found another one to help me through this. And I could legit say here on this call, B helped me through the BS that I dealt with at that company. And I could legit say too, or vice versa. Now, let me add to yeah. the story. Here's the flip part. Because of me linking up with B at that company, mm -hmm. I got to know Tyler five, six years later. Because B and I kept this relationship going, kept that pride, quote unquote, going. Fast forward, I'm at this gaming company. I'm in a position of hiring. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for great editors, great producers, great all this stuff to build the, the post-production team. Lo and behold, B mentions this guy, Tyler. He's like, yo, Just, trust me, trust me. And I said, cool, cool, cool. Didn't ask, yo, is he black? Sure. Wasn't any of that. It was like, yo, Just, this is that dude. Oh, and Jay, he happens to be black, <laughs> right? And lo and behold, we link up. So we find each other. And that's a thing a that natural, I can legit say. It's a we natural identification. And yeah. I can say this, bingo, bro. And sometimes we found it. I've been in situations at jobs where I've quote unquote found somebody else and they're not really feeling. They don't want to be a part of that quote unquote pride. They, we see each other in the they're hallway. But they, exactly. They don't want to be a part of something because they think they're going to be standing out. But even when we're out in the quote unquote wild, we gravitate towards each other because of the system that we were born into. A lion's roar can be louder than a jackhammer. Mohawk, the toughest of the brothers, uses it to advertise his formidable presence and to intimidate rivals. Lions roars can lead a, uh, can go up to five miles. What's our roar? Oh, yeah, bro. You're <laughs> we like, yo, who the fuck? Yeah, what's where'd that come from? The court, hey, yo, what's I like you, Jays? Next thing you know, you know. Whatever, but no, for sure. Uh, just definitely, you know, even T too. I know, probably seen a few of my of my lions. I my Will really encounters. Just for sure. Just was like, yo, you good? And I was sitting in the moment yeah. in time where I was like, nah, I'm about to, I'm about to, you know, I'm going hunting. <laughs> Let's say that. 
was something that went down. I got it, and he was like, yo, let's go outside. And uh, yeah, he helped me from uh, going going hunting. But um, if you're part of the tribe that we didn't build here, you've heard me reference Kenya and Africa. Man, I remember we went to the Maasai Mar and we were out in the safari, dude. Beautiful thing. If you've never gone, please go. It'll change your life. But we're sitting out there. My time zone is all messed up, man. I'm sitting in the, in the tent. And it's a tent, but it's really like a freaking one-bedroom studio. It's beautiful. But it's nighttime. It's like 4 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. I'm on New York time. I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I just hear... Like, this shit is right outside the tent. Yeah, man. <laughs> we did. Like, I... What do you... Literally, you hear that... You're not like I'm a square up with a freaking lion, dude. It's like you can't outrun a lion. Hey. If the nigga busts through the sidewall, it's a wrap. It's just fucking bodies, 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 you know, like Franklin from Snowfall. And bro, I was just like, that thing reverberated the whole tent. Like I felt the base of it. That's crazy. So anyway, we get up and um our 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 guide, he comes and picks us up for the day. And I'm like, yo, last night I think a lion was out. Um, and he was like, oh, brother, lions, man, it's probably five miles away, far away. That's how they say I'm done. I'm like, what? He's like, that's how they say I'm going, you know, I'm done for the day. I'm good. Lions do most of their hunting at night. So it's like, y'all can have this. Y'all can have a block now. I'm going to sleep. And it was just like crazy here. Uh, cause I literally felt it, but yeah, man, they, they really are the king of the jungle, man. But. All that to say, you can feel a lion's roar from miles away, because I for sure thought that thing was right outside the door. The misfit's wounds from the pursuing hyenas show how close he came to catastrophe. It's a painful lesson to learn for his upcoming independence. When you don't have a pride around you, He's vulnerable, alone. There's no time to dwell. They're still hungry. Well, on my journey while at the Big H, um, it was dope because one of the things that I really, really enjoyed is that I'll be in the edit bay for hours and hours on end. This even happened at the camera company that me and B worked at. Unfortunately, I never got that chance to do that with Tyler because we did remote stuff. But... I'm in my edit bay. My editor also happened to be black. Shout out to my brother, Phil. And lo and behold, man, me and him are chopping it up, laughing, having a grand old time. What happens? The brothers that look like me, that worked in the library, who had to deliver our digibeta tapes, our audio, all this stuff back in the day, also gravitated towards my edit bay. Even if they didn't have to bring me a tape, they found their way to my room. And the cool part of that is when they got to my room, we chopped it up about life. It was life lesson stuff. Here I am, 20s, 30s. Here's Phil, 40s, 50s. Here are these young bucks, some of them 18, the young line that B talked about. Some of them were older, been through this industry and disgruntled. But they also, we all gravitated to a space in which we got to express ourselves. And the funny part of this whole story is, the minute one of our counterparts would come into the room, we would joke and say, yo, guys, we got to break it up. And we'll all break out and laugh. Yeah, okay. Because we knew what that meant. 
we got to break it up. Because we had a space in which we were feeling comfortable. We got to express ourselves, how angry we were, how happy we were, stuff we're going through with our girls or whatever it may be. What I'm doing even in the edit itself. Yo, guys, what's your perspective on this? What are your thoughts? Bing bong. And all of a sudden, when your guy to get broken up, it was because somebody else that was not part of that quote-unquote pride would step into the room. Um, and it was just, it, it's a moment for me, dudes. Like, real talk, you know. It's funny you mentioned this, uh, whatever the fuck, what would you call that? The lion's den, where the pride meets up, because um, naturally, I mean, me and T had that in the Bay Area where, you know, if I just went through some shit, I just got an email or, you know, they on my, I'd be like, yo, T, and T be in there watching Jalen and Jacoby or some shit. He be listening to some hip hop, he have his shit blasting. And, uh, but that's where me and him could chop. Yo, what you think about this? He be showing me uh Ha Ha Davis or we'd be like, yo, you see Rennie's new and we just be, that we could be ourselves, you know? And um, that's also where, you know, I know many a times me and T would be in there and T'd be like, bro, what you think about this graphic? I don't know. These these moments of vulnerability, but also I'd be like, bro, don't even trip. That shit is dope. It's better than 90% of the shit I've seen. We got to kill everything, bro. Just kill everything. And it speaks a little bit to, you know, the lion mentality where it's like, when's the last time you seen a lion like kicking the dust? You know, you don't never see no lion sad like, Lions are always on the prowl. They always got them shoulder blades. You, <laughs> I ain't, there's never, I'll put it like this. There's never been a time, even at the zoo, where I'd be like, yo, I'd jump in there with that lion. My boy Braxton in college, man, he always used to, you know, we get drunk or we, he would always say, as soon as we were drunk or high or whatever, he'd be like, yo, what would you do right now if someone opened the door and threw a lion in here? And everybody'd be like, oh, man, I would, first of all, you done. Yeah, you done. I'm going to jump and I'm going to push him and then I'm going to get, I'm going to be out the window. I'd be like, dude, I would do this. I would just be still in the corner because you know they say if you, if a lion comes, don't move. It's like, nah, nigga, that's a bear. You dumb nigga, you dead. We would just hypothesize over the shit, but in all actuality, it's a fucking lion. Yeah. A lion's mentality night, night. is like, perceived threats, <laughs> exterminate threats. And I feel like in our community, in the black community, that's the first thing we really get taught. That's really how we all still are. Like, you know, in certain instances, we got to always have our guard up. But uh, again, it speaks to the power of that pride, the power of the lion's den. When you're able to be around another lion, not a pimp lion, not a lion like, oh, nigga, you got out the zoo, nigga. Like you, <laughs> you was domesticated. When you went around another lion, you really could like be yourself. And I think um, the, the mentalities, the approach uh, on life, everything just syncs up and it happens naturally. Lions hardly ever venture out of their territory in case they meet their rival neighbors. On this morning, beyond the pride boundary, are the three teenage brothers on their own for the first time. At 18 months old, they are too young to leave the pride, yet the instincts for independence are stirring. They have a swagger, a confidence, this is the beginning of a great adventure. They cheer for you when you're coming up, but they can't wait to see you fall. But the one cheering, a lot of them is the one that's trying to bring you down. It's the very same ones. See, it's okay when they think they got a shot with you, 
But when they see your shot actually work, and now, you, now they look at you as over them. And instead of trying to hold you up, they want to do everything in their power to bring you down. So, B, to your point, that line in the cage, that line in the um, Serengeti, that line is going to always be a line. Point blank, period. The unfortunate thing is, fellas, can we legit, the three of us and anybody listening, can you say legit? I'm maybe speaking for black men, black women, women, folks of color. Can you say your authentic self at work? Not at any corporation have I been able to be my authentic self because, um, yep, I think they know I'm alive. I'm got to talk my shit a little bit, but it's like you walk into a room confidently. You always got the first hand raise on an idea or a solution. Um, uh. Then you execute on that solution mm. at the level, you whatever it may be. People gravitate around you. Everybody, yo, I always see he could talk to. Every time I see him, he's talking to somebody else or somebody else. Is like there's people that again, we, uh, you know, there's lions by birth, mm-hmm. lions by title, lions by assets, lions by social currency or likes. But at the end of the day, nothing can ever trump a lion by birth, man. This is who I am. This is how I carry myself, regardless of the situation. And I feel like many times, especially coming into corporate America, I felt like I needed to, um, I needed to dilute my, my majesty, um, in order to be accepted by those that may not possess the same qualities and traits mm-hmm. that I know I naturally have in any setting. If mm-hmm. I was a garbage man, I'd be like, yo, I've been running the same route for the past 10 weeks. I think like, yo, let's huddle up. What if what if you took these two streets and I took these two streets? I think we could cut off 30 minutes off of our time. That'll give us a longer lunch. Like, I'm going to do that regardless in any setting. Um, and I feel like lions by title or lions by social currency, they look at that like, damn, well, I, I'm a, this says I'm a lion, but he really acts like a lion. Anyway, point being to answer your question. Um, yeah, I never been able to do. I mean, look at me now. I got my hair braided and stuff, and I never was able to do that. Um, you know, prior to I've been in this industry twelve years, shoot eleven plus awards, worked with all type of people from East Coast to West Coast. Everybody that known me known me have a ball fade, <laughs> and I think you know the the things that we went through over the past three or four years with Black Lives Matter, where a bunch of lions are getting taken down just for being a lion. And they say, hey, he tried to bite me. Ah, well, you, he deserved to get like, damn, hold up. I'm a lion. We ain't just trying to bite the cage keeper or whatever. Like, hold up, you know, and we went through all that as a society and, you know, pandemics and recessions and all this stuff. Like, I think at a certain point, it was like, look, if everybody wants to hunt a lion, well, shit, let me be a lion while I'm still a lion. I, I can't be folding and trying to be, you know, a penguin, a koala, a panda, whatever these Ooh other Bing. environments are that's crazy would be more likely to accept of me let me be me i can't you know there will be an environment that accepts me for being the lion i believe myself to be man woman child you know whoever you may be if you believe that you're a lion be that lion and you'll find your pride yeah no doubt it's um like you said bro what do you say uh if you're a lion you gotta be a lion right like yeah, fear to you got you know a lion. Yeah, touching on your on your story about throwing a lion in here, a lion off top, he's gonna get feared or respected. I don't care if, if it's an actual lion or a human in the in the metaphoric way. When you walk into that room, I, that people consist that energy, that lion energy. 
You know what I'm saying? Or they're going to fear you and respect you and treat you as such. Or they're going to try to put you in a box and push you into a corner because of that fear and respect. When you start believing what other people say about you, you become a shell of yourself. You, you become somebody that's different and you're trying to be perfect for others that don't really give a fuck about whether whether or not you breathe another day. They're like, man, you, you just another one. Again. We could just, I had to make the shift to be able to stand on my own 10 toes and be able to be a man out here, be a king. That mentality, you know, again, I keep pointing back to it. We can learn a lot from these animals because they're always on. You know, you might catch a couple in the, in, the, in, in the wilderness and in nature who their mentality is messed up and they're trying to be a, a hyena or they're trying to be, you know, metaphorically trying to be something that they're not. But the successful ones, good, bad or indifferent, they stay alive 24-7. And, and that fear and respect will burn some bridges along the way. But overall, as long as you're staying true to yourself and true to that lion mentality, success will come your way. You look at these documentaries and the shows and these lions, they only know one way. They only know how to live one way, huh? Protect their pride. And, you know, again, that fear and respect comes with it. Good daughter and different. The lions bide their time, waiting for the right moment. They can't afford to waste precious energy on fruitless chases in this heat. And they have another reason to pause. The lions don't want to hunt now and risk losing their spoils. There's a misconception about the lion, too, which is also profound. That lions are lazy <laughs> because you always see them sitting there overlooking their territory. It's it's the lion to, to B's earlier story about them at night resting all that stuff and letting everybody know, yo, you can go do your thing because I'm going to chill out right now or I just ate. The funny part is the whole day, sometimes leading up to the night, they're that patient. There always be a lion, but they're that patient to feed, having grace with ourselves, right? Having time for ourselves, having patience with ourselves to build that. The mentality part, yo, Tyler, I love that, dude. Because that's part of that. That's that whole, everyone thinks the lion's going to be, yo, he jumps in the room. That's one thing. Yo, the lion's going to be a lion. At the same time, I can guarantee you, the lion gets thrown into that room. I can bet you any money. Instincts, that lion is looking at everybody in the room is like, yo, which one is the one I'm getting at first? Yeah. Is the one closest to me? Or is that one right over in the corner that's giving me that wild energy? that I can get at first, right? It's the one that just tried to jump out the window. Boom. And he's Got already him. on. He's already <laughs> on you. Yeah, Guys, right. help me. You know what I mean? That could happen, bro. So that's what I, it, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's really yeah. deep. And, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, back to that corporate thing, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll tell the audience out there. I walk into a room. It could be a boardroom full of folks. It could be a room full of only two people, two other people. I am taking a survey of the room I'm taking the energy of the room I'm patiently waiting to either inject my creativity my thoughts my ideas with that mentality that's something I've built that's a, that's a muscle I've built up over my career creatively socially walking the streets of New York the Connecticut all over the country all over the world there's a piece of me when I leave the house there's a not say a guard up but I'm going to turn myself into this person and I know I am authentically me, but I'm going to be very aware of my surroundings. All three of us have, you know, unique uh, statuesque figures, right? 
Yeah. We any room we walk into, yeah. we're gonna be either feared or respected. Feared, oh my god, tall black dude with dreads. Oh man, he's kind of muscular. Wow. What does he do? Is he oh shit, he okay. Oh my god, that's you know, we're off the top, you know. Um, we're gonna either be feared or respected. I've learned in my career, majority of the time is gonna be off of fear. He's an ex football player. Oh my god, what is he good? Cool. I already know that I got to show you uh-huh. I do what I do at a high level just for you to even level that playing field back down. Okay. Well, he's really good at what he does and he looks that way. But at the end of the day, like I've become accustomed to it. That's that's the one mentality that I feel like translates into any scenario. Right. I know walking down the walking uh-huh. down the street, bro, with my I got a, a rescue chihuahua dog and Nilla Jack Russell. And I got to rescue Chihuahua and Dash and Benny. You would think these niggas are pit bulls <laughs> when they walk with me, bro. For re- the way people pull their dogs. I'm like, okay, bro. I'm And I just, I'm going to turn a blind eye to it now. Come on. Is it me or is it these dogs that you're afraid of? To where you pulling your dog across the street. Or you like, no, don't sniff that dog, bro. These things are miniature. Um, but, you yeah, know, that's part of being a lion, right? Um, it don't whatever you do. I walk into a coffee shop, bro. I heard this spot is the dopest spot in town. I want to get a whatever latte, whatever. Is he coming here to get the Wi-Fi? It's not, sir. The Wi-Fi is not free. You need man. Yo, I had that happen the other day, bro. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> I walked in. I just went to a new neighborhood. It's a like a nice hotel across the street, and they got like a. Re- I'm, I'm trying to set up, you know, trying to find my little spots to eat at and to get a little drink at, whatever. So I walked in there. I wasn't even gonna like. Eat. I just wanted to see if it was someplace I ever want to like post up at. So I walked in, and the lady at the front desk was like, right. "Shit, you know the smile." Hi, yeah. can I help you? I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just checking out the restaurant." Yeah. Okay, it's open till ten. Like trying to rush me out, bro. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh okay, like who?" Cool. And happy hour ended at seven. Like she really trying to rush me. Out. I was like, "Okay, what time did it start?" She's like, "It starts at four. I would get like trying to rush me out, like. And it was that it was definitely not a, a, a respect thing, maybe a, a fear thing, but it's almost like, you know, shoot, like, shoot, get out. Of, you don't belong in here. Like, go back to the go back to the wild type shit. Like, man, I'm sure we all deal with it. But that's fresh in my mind right now, bro, because like that was crazy. I like you. <laughs> we Mormons are very friendly people. No, pretty unfriendly, really. But it's the way you're unfriendly. Like you're doing me a favor. There's a scene from one of my favorite shows, Fargo, on FX. Literally, what is a scene between Chris Rock and Timothy Oliphant. The woman that smiled at you, Tyler, is what Timothy Oliphant did to Chris Rock. Chris Rock is the boss of bosses in Kansas City. Timothy Oliphant finally corners Chris Rock in his own home, comes in with this mentality, like, I'm going to pimp this dude. Hey. Like, I know how powerful it is, but I'm the law. But what I love about this scene is that Chris Rock's interaction with Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant's character is basically like, I like you. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Oliphant's like, oh, I like you too. And he's like, no, 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 I like you. I like how you talk to me. And he's like, well, we are, we are kind people. He's like, nah, it's not the way you're kind. It's the way you're unkind to me. I have to respect it. And it's a very calculated way that Noah, the writer for the show, did it. Because he did it between black and white. It's a very passive-aggressive way to calm us down. But I love the fact that Chris Rock's character is like, nah, dude. You're not being nice. 
Yeah. Being disrespectful, actually. But you know what? I want to respect you because you're being disrespectful to my face. Not being fake. Not being fake yeah. about it. There was a time, especially growing up in Tustin, it's Orange County, California, sandwiched right between Long Beach and Mission Viejo or Laguna Beach. I go south, I know I'm a face. Hi, how are you doing today? I got a choice. Hey, what's up? Uh... <laughs> That's, I'm being pimp. I'm trying to fit into your zoo. I'm trying to fit into your cage to be accepted by you or to feel okay in this environment. Um, and I feel like that's what we got to really just, you know, us as people in any situation, I'm, I, I can't do that no more. You know, we can't do that no more. We can't, whether corporate America, whether society, whether yep. around certain friends, if you got to be hooder than normal, if you got to be, you know, if your knowledge is taken as if it's a threat or, you know, like, bro, you just got to, I think at this certain point, man, just know any situation you walk into, if you look like us three, if you walk into a company and you don't look like us three, you're going to be feared or respected off the top. It just happens that we're always feared right off the rip. The misfit doesn't have to wait in line. He's earned his place at the table. After the lessons he's learned, the misfit's growing into a tenacious lion. To pimp a lion to be continued. Continue, 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 continue. 